Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview some inspiring people from the music industry and look at their journey from their very worst job to present day. Those cheesy one-liners, you know, like, when life beats you down, you just gotta get, like, all that stuff. It doesn't matter what they're saying, it just matters that someone is there saying it to you. For me personally, that's what really kept me motivated, is the people around me. Our next guest is film composer and producer, TED Talk speaker, and composer for cinematic prog rock band Ostura, that is Danny Boomerin. We chatted about the difference between composing for film and for your own work, the difference between working as an independent artist and as a signed artist, and I asked his advice about how to keep motivation on a long-term project. Good job. We normally start with a question. What has been your worst job? I mean, I always worked in music. So I would say my worst job in music was an advertisement I did for a Saudi Arabian client. I realized through that project that their taste in music is not only different, it's opposite. Right. It was such a struggle to get through this project. But at the end, what I, the director told me, listen, man, just do the opposite of what you think should be done. And that's what I did. I did something I thought was absolutely terrible and they approved it like... Within seconds, they said, oh, this is perfect. It was very weird. And it's, it's not why I wanted, why I studied music, you know, to do the opposite of what I think is good. I'd say that was one of the worst experiences. Do you have to do jobs like that still? Or are you now just like, no, never again? The longer you're in this industry, the pickier you can get with projects. And I mean, sometimes if it pays well, you don't want to say no to a project, even if the client seems to be let's say, disagrees a lot on how things should be artistically. It's really interesting because you have this side of your career with writing for other people, advertisements and movies and things like that, and then you have your bands. It must be really, really different in how you you write for the two different projects. Oh, for sure. And I learned from both. At the end of the day, it is music, but like you said, they're very different but I get experience from both and that that helps a lot. So recording for the orchestra for the band a couple of years ago helped me a lot in my film music. The next feature that I worked on after that, I worked with a 12-piece orchestra. So it's a step in that direction. But yeah, mentality-wise, for advertisements, at the end of the day, sure, you want it to sound good and it's a nice project. But a month later, everyone's going to forget about that ad and you don't really care. Whereas with Ostura, with my band, there's this feeling like especially when you're finalizing the project. It's like, is this how it's going to sound till the end of time? Like, are we okay with that small mistake? No, we, no, we're not. Let's, let's bring them back in and re-record because I'm going to hear that mistake for the rest of my life. Do you ever look back at stuff and think, oh, I wish I'd recorded that better? Uh, for the first album, maybe enough time has passed. Or maybe it was just our first album and 
there was just a lot of things we didn't know how to do yet. But I definitely, when I listen to it, I say now like, ah, we could have done that differently. But I think at the time we couldn't have, there was no way. So I don't feel any, I just feel, okay, next time I'm going to do this. I don't look back as much as I look forward, I would say. I mean, that's a really good way to think, I I think, because it's so easy to look back at past work and be like, oh, but you did the best you knew how to do at the time. Yeah. And then you've grown from that experience, which has made you be able to do the things you now can do. So it can be tricky to get your head around that, but it's important to know that where you are now is kind of fine, I suppose, or where you were then was fine. On the day of the release, like when we actually decide like this is the final product, at that time, there's nothing that we would change. Mm-hmm. So if that changes later in the future, there's nothing really you could have done about the, about it at the time. And and that's why I think we're both very happy with release, move on, do something else, etc. You started as independent artists and you've now been the, the first metal band to sign with a major label in your country. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between the two? So we signed with uh, Universal Music after the release of the album. Okay. And it was specifically for uh, marketing that album. So it's not a long-term thing. And I think for the next project, we might be uh, working with a different label, depending on how things go. I mean, they weren't involved in the process of making the album. The album was done, mixed, and mastered, and just waiting. Actually, the process of finding the label was, I think, very interesting because... We sent out to every major label we could, even the smaller ones, and pretty much all of them said they're not interested because we don't play live and or they didn't, just didn't like the style of the music. So just when we started to give up hope, my brother was just having a drink in Beirut somewhere and then a friend of his, he hasn't seen her in like 10 years, passes by him, they catch up and she says she's working with Universal Music in Dubai. And he says, oh, my brother has this album that they're looking for to release. And she says, oh, send it. So three days later, they said, okay, this is amazing. We love it, and we want to sign with you. I kind of drifted from the subject, but that story makes us believe that anything is possible, and you can really push forward and get things done, and and things will happen if if you're patient and if you trust in the world, I guess. Do you believe in kind of like a fate thing? Because it seems like that just brought it to you. Yeah, well, that happened on several occasions while making the album, uh, mixing and mastering that happened. It's just taught us that, yeah, it's not a, much of a fate thing as it is the energy that you give out to the world kind of gives back. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I think that too. And it's amazing how many things just pop out of nowhere and you're like, thank you, world, for giving me this. I really <laughs> needed it. Yeah, I think, I mean, we mean well. The reason why we're doing this is not because we're looking to get rich from music The reason we're doing it is not to get famous. We're doing it because it's such a great experience. The process, it's challenging. And there is an additional reason is now we have a little fan base. So there's people that messaged us and they're already, they're like, when's the next one coming out? Or or, are you guys working on something new? So now there's a bigger reason to do something, to not give up and uh, to keep going. Yeah, that's really nice. You said that you don't play live. Is that because you're prog metal? And you use lots of things like orchestra, sort of you use classical techniques and things like that within it. Is that part of the reason that you don't play live as well? Because it costs a lot to put on a live show? And Actually, that is the smallest reason. Okay. Because uh, we could pull that off. There are ways that you can um, put a band together and come up with the right sounds and play a, a satisfying performance. So the first album we did perform it live, uh, it was a little less complex, but we can use the same approach so, for example, like, 
there was four microphones on stage and like I was singing and uh, so it, it gave that choir feel so it makes it sound bigger I was I had three keyboards simultaneously playing and the thing is it took a few months of work just prepping for the live concert but to go on like a two or three month tour I don't think is the best thing for us we, we could be doing something better I think I guess it depends where your love is and I mean, you're a writer anyway, as your job as well. So mm-hmm. is that where your passion really is? Like the, the creation yeah. of the music rather than the distribution, I suppose? I would think it's like that for most artists. I mean, other than the band, my job is writing music for films. So I don't want to stop doing that. And Elia is a film director. So he works uh, at a TV station now and he has like his career as a, as a film producer. So I don't know if you saw any of the promo videos on our uh, Facebook page. Mm, I did. So that was all Elia, basically. Like, he did all the graphics and all the... Yeah. And that was just on our pocket money of budget. So we're more excited about doing a video clip for one of the tracks in the next album. Well, I was... Actually, one of my questions was going to be about that because when I was looking at the artwork and the videos are so beautifully done and... Thank you. uh, Yeah, well, often, you know, you get the music and maybe that's not within the band's skill set to have beautiful artwork and things with it, but I thought yours is just... It's really beautiful. Well, we got lucky, uh, like a lot of things. We found an artist in Lebanon, uh, Charles Asaf, and he was just more than we could have imagined qualified to do the artwork. And he he's such a good guy. And it started out, we were supposed to pay him for just the album cover. And he loved the music and he loved us. So he, he said, you know what, let's do inlays. And he did a, a painting, like a whole painting for every track of the album, free of charge. Other than the fact that he's very talented, I think that his energy helped us a lot with the, the graphics. I mean, it's beautiful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Your album as well, the, the most recent one, it's a story throughout many songs, which is kind of unusual these days. Everyone kind of has their short snippet and they're like, I will produce one song. And yours is, it's like a concept album, which is nice to see. Why did you go that way with it? Me personally, I'm more inclined to write music that has a visual depth to it because of the nature of my job. And I think Elia as well, because of the nature of his job, he's a film director. So we really took it to the extreme. It is a concept album, is what you say, and there is a story going on, but the story heavily influenced the music, and it took us about a year to come up with like what we're going to write about. It's the same thing for the next album. 
it's a tool for us to write the music. So what would happen is write the basic storyline and then, okay, so track one called The Room. Uh, the story is uh, it's about a girl that's running from her own insecurities and she locks herself in a room away from the world, away from society to run away from her fears and, you know, her insecurities. That kind of short paragraph before any music was written was there. And so we start with the music, and then as the music, as the song goes forward, I'd often look at Idia and say, like, so what's happening in the story now? Uh, and, you know, like, we'd come up with a scene, like, okay, so almost every musical part of the album has a scene in our heads that was playing. You know, when in doubt, we always look to the scenes. Like, sometimes we get stuck, and I'm like, wow, what are we... What goes well in this section? And then we think like, okay, well, what is she feeling here? Oh, well, you know, this is happening. And then this is, we start painting this this world. And then it's like, okay, so now we can write music for that scene. And it, that's kind of the process that we stuck with. And then the lyrics came after. I love that. I'm very similar, actually. I'm very visual with music. And a lot of people don't get it. <laughs> but um, right. I've done work as like a musical director. And I really can see... I can see the scene being played, whereas other people often don't get that. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? It's just a new. And I'm like, no, but this is what's happening at this moment. And you have to kind of get that across to the audience. I think what we're trying to do for the next album, spoiler alert, uh, we're trying it to be less of a chronological story. So each song can stand separately on its own, but all of the songs are very intertwined as well. So there is definitely scenes that are happening in a certain setting, it could be standalone as well. We understand that some people don't listen to the album from start to finish. You know, you don't always listen to the songs from track one to 12. And Well, I think it's really nice, though, because I, in the current world, there became like a bit of time where music did become very like no one has any attention span. But I think people are going back to wanting to sit and listen to music. I mean, maybe that's just me, but uh, also I love the concept of yours because it is something that people really relate to as well. That feeling of hiding yourself away when you feel insecure. Is that something that relates to you personally? That's a difficult question to answer because the idea behind it started as a pure uh, fiction with no depth behind it. It was just basically about a girl who is in a room and she can create anything she wants in that room. It was kind of like an action movie at first. And then it started to become, you know, with time, we started to notice that we don't want it to be shallow. We want it to be more meaningful. And for each of us, me and Elia, we have different ways of how we related to the to the story. Someone once asked me, uh, a big fan of ours, we had a long conversation over Facebook. He was asking me, so there's three characters in the story. He said, which one do you think you are? It's very funny because the album took about five years to write. And throughout those five years, at different points of my life, I felt like I was one of those characters. Sometimes I felt like I was the girl. Sometimes I felt like I was uh, Erosion, which is what Ilya sings. And sometimes I felt like I was uh, Utopia, which is the Mike character. I think that was a good sign that it, it had that impact on me. So it, it was very unconscious. And then me and Ilya would have discussions about how, it's, uh, how we're each relating to it in a different way. It felt like it was telling us the story as as opposed to the other way around. I, I like the idea that it's kind of landed in your life and told you the story itself. Like it's its own creature. Yeah, and a very love-hate relationship with that <laughs> creature as well. What was the difficulties? Was it hard? One of the clearest ones was 
what the hell are we doing? So, uh, and I think we're facing that again in the next album because we don't want to do the same thing we did last time and we don't want to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. So when that happens, the problem is you don't have a lot of references to work with. There was no restrictions and that's mm-hmm. part of the advantages of it being a studio project more than a band you can really do whatever Mm -hmm. you want. And in this case, it would be whatever fits the scene most. That was one of the most difficult things is to to figure out what is our sound. Even now, like in the third album, we still struggle because we're changing our sound a bit. You know, one of us says something like, oh, I don't think there's going to be a choir in the next album. And then like, what? No choir? And it's a very tricky process obstacles all the time mm-hmm. draining yet very satisfying <laughs> yeah 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 and how is it working between two people because i guess that's quite nice but also you you know you're not always going to agree on stuff and how do you kind of make that work or do you agree on most of the things on other projects that i have i also work with one other person it's very difficult because what happens when one person thinks something and the other person thinks another And me and Ilya have a very clear agreement between us, which is nothing is going to be on the album if one of us is unhappy with it. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. we often spend a few hours stuck on like 10 seconds of a song trying to figure out what can work here that we're both happy with. At the end of the day, if both of us are happy with it, that's going to be better for the album. It's not a personal thing because because there's a lot of people that have my taste in music And if we simply ignore that Mm -hmm. and go with whatever Elia wants, we're going to lose those people as well. And it always ends up being the most difficult thing to think of. And it's really have to rack your brain to think of a way to to satisfy both parties. Sometimes we're writing something and then it's obvious that we're going to agree on it before we even ask each other. Like, oh, this is definite. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously this is great. We're going to go with this. Obviously, sometimes things get very heated. Outside of uh, working on the album, we're friends. And so as soon as we leave the studio, no matter how heated the conversation got, uh, we can go have a beer later or, you know, watch a movie and it's perfectly fine. So because at the end of the day, we're both doing this because we like doing it. There's no like million dollars on the line or there's no ego on the line. Like there, there's no there's no part where I'm saying I want more orchestra, you know, because I want to sound good. And, and Ilya says, no, I want my voice. It's always what's best for the album. And we both understand that we want that. So the fighting becomes very controlled. I think that's very difficult to find. It's very, like, we got lucky that we we can both see eye to eye on that. Mm. I mean, that's a good working partnership. It's good to know that you won't always agree, but you can sort it out. I think that's basically all you can ask for. I mean, we started the second album. I wanted it to be a power metal album. I, I thought like, yeah, sure. This is what I've been listening to since I was a kid. I just want to do that. And then Elia said, well, why don't we have more electronics? I said, no, what? What are you talking about? I don't want to have electronics. He didn't want anything orchestral. He didn't want anything that was like like Beethoven, basically. And that also changed. Like with time, we just kind of found ourselves right in the middle. Do you have any advice for people who want to be artists themselves or who want to produce their own album? I have a lot. <laughs> Hmm. optimism alone isn't enough but it's definitely a requirement hmm. because you know i you, you you see people that are they never give up and they're always so optimistic but then they're missing something whether it's uh working on a specific skill set or you know sometimes uh, you see people that are that are not humble enough to say oh well i can't do this so i need to go hire someone else to do this or collaborate with someone else 
I would say identify your weak points. Collaboration is a great thing. Alain's been playing guitar for 20 years. Who am I to tell him how to play a guitar riff? You know, I, I, the weaknesses that you have, other people have it as a strength. So collaboration is, is huge. That's part of why I'm usually very optimistic about projects that I'm working on, because I feel like at the end of the day, if I'm missing the right tools to get this to the level that I want it to, I can always find someone to get it to that place. Another one that people often ask, how to keep motivated when it seems like everything is stacked against you? And I'm sure you've had moments where you've been like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do this. The simple answer, friends and family. Yeah. We've definitely had some moments where, especially with the mixing, before we, we found, uh, before we were able to work with Jens Bogren, there was some bad experiences with the mixing. And then there's this feeling that you spent all this money and like five years of your life working on an album. And now it's just not sounding good because you can't find someone qualified or affordable, you know. So at those moments were, I think, one of the harshest uh, like I would wake up at six in the morning and I would see an email that says mix version 19 and I would run to the studio to listen to it and just be sh disappointed so much. Like, why isn't this working? And at that point, you feel like, all right, we might end up with a very bad product and not release the album because it just sounds bad. And I'm going to have to accept that that's going to happen and I have to move on and do something else. But easier said than done, of course. So at that point... Just spending time with um, friends, being there for me and family saying, it's okay, like, don't worry about it, even though, uh, you know, you spent a lot of money and a lot of time, it's not the end of the world. Like, just those cheesy one-liners, you know, like, when life beats you down, you just got to get, like, all that stuff. It doesn't matter what they're saying. It just matters that someone is there saying it to you. For me personally, I, I don't know, I can't answer for Ilya about this, but for me personally, that's what really kept me motivated is the people around me. That's really nice. That's really important as well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.